Well, it's a big weekend of derby fixtures here in the Barclays Premier League this weekend. And who better to look it with than myself and Brad Morris, as always. Oh, I don't know. I think there's probably a few more that I, that you'd you'd want more analytical takes on this. We just chat shit. <laughs> we speak the truth, though. Let's Do be we? honest. <laughs> Do we? I mean... What we've been watching football for over twenty years each, so I think we know our stuff. We may not be the likes of Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher, and we won't give you that top class analysis. But uh, yeah, it's got all be grown soonest. But oh, Jesus Christ, we're not that miserable. I feel like if I shaved some of my facial hair and just left the mustache, I could be Roy Keane. I mean, uh, he seems to be going for a midlife crisis with his facial hair at the minute. But I always respect it because he looks great. Yeah, he does. I liked his one of the World Cup final. That was good. And then he came out the one last time we saw him looking like he was after the pictures of Spider-Man, as we said. Commissioner Gordon. (laughs) Sorry, what? No. (laughs) No, no. Anyway, we'll stick to the football. I, I, I am a nerd. I, I have no shame in saying I'm a bit of a nerd. You have just offended me and any other nerds out there that potentially listen to this. Well, we'll stick. You've to just confused J. Jonah Jameson, the owner of the Daily Bugle newspaper in the Marvel universe, with Commissioner Gordon, who is the head of police in the DC universe. Oh, it's all made up. Don't it's get them mixed up. It's all a bunch of. Did you do this before with Batman? (laughs) Again, it's all made up bollocks. You have history of this. It's all made up bollocks. It's not real. Let's get to the real stuff. And that is the fact on Saturday afternoon, we head to Old Trafford for the Manchester Derby, a second take on fourth. I think that was a decent segue. Thank you very much. Was it? I was trying to work a, a joke in, but yeah, it doesn't work because Man City were enough of the joke last night. Yeah, absolutely. Getting stuffed 2-0 by Southampton, one of the worst teams in the Premier League at the minute. They've only won... you, you can literally just describe it as the team who has not won under their current manager at all. <laughs> Apart it. from cup competitions. Yeah. They won in the FA Cup and now... Is it's... that how it works with Nathan Jones? Well, it seems to be the way now. He just seems to win the competition games. But, I mean, they held Man City to zero shots on target. That's perfect. Well, I was watching Man City. They looked pretty abysmal. Mm. And it's not... By their like, standards. Like, yeah. I mean, yes, they did rotate the uh, starting eleven, but it's not that much that they should uh, be losing to Southampton. Like... The forward three of Jack Grealish, Julian Alvarez and Phil Foden should still be able to score against Manchester, uh, Southampton. Yeah, but I'll say this many times. I cry watching Jack Grealish now because the guy is a shell of what he, I know him as. Yeah, he, he just doesn't look the exact same as what he was uh, in his final two, three seasons at Aston Villa. Like he, This yeah. move to Man City just hasn't panned out the way he expected it to. And dare we put Calvin Phillips in the same conversation? There's no dare we. we Yeah, (laughs) I was implying that, yes, here as well. It's just sad. Yeah, both uh, have gone there thinking that they would go on to become world-class midfielders and be two of the best midfielders slash forward player. But didn't Greenish say himself, he didn't want the interviews, but he was quite honest about I didn't expect to come here and be asked to play a certain way. I thought I'd still have some of my attributes, but no, it's the Guardiola way. And even mm. Pep sort of called him out on it, didn't he? It was oh, like, yeah. I don't know why he's finding it so difficult. Like, not everyone is Lionel Messi, Pep. Come on. Yeah. Some players just do have that uh, struggle to adapt to how he plays. I mean, if you look at the forwards, other than Sergio Aguero, and obviously now Erling Haaland, Every forward that's been at Manchester City has really struggled under Pep. Yeah, like Haaland was this very exceptional, which is why they signed him in the first place. Mm. But uh, like Julian Alvarez has still got something about him. I feel like, yes, that was just a, a bad game. Yeah, uh, he, he's definitely not one to write off. I mean, he needs a consistent run of games. And 
uh, he's still really young, so I don't think to be worrying too much on uh, his case. But the cases of uh, Grealish and Phillips definitely needs to be spoken about much, uh, much more and looking into why are they struggling so much? Is it because there's an inconsistency in game time? Is it because they don't fit the Guardiola system? But then you think in long term, well, how long do you keep them there? Do you get rid of them in the summer coming up? Do you wait until summer of 2024 after the European Championships? Because if they both have good enough time, uh, experiences that they can get selected for the Euros in 2024 and have a good European Championships, could that then put them in the market for a move and you get a bit more money? Yeah, what I would also say as well, to defend great issues, just come off of having back-to-back games where he got assists as well. Yeah. So I'm not saying like it's a difficult one. Yeah. Yeah. Not, it, yeah. It ain't easy. But no. the thing with Greenish as well is I don't see him being anywhere else other than Villa if he wants to leave Man City. I can see him maybe just doing something abroad. I don't know why, but somewhere in Italy just it feels right in my mind. I don't think another English club. Go, he go, would go full to. Gaza mode as he has slowly drifted towards him recent years. Yeah, he actually has. Yeah, and you know what? This is going to sound really strange, but the first team that popped into my head when I was thinking about that just was Fiorentina. That uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether because I went full Mika Richards then in my head. Oh but, god! Yeah, Fiorentina was just like, phones at Michael. Yeah, so Michael, what's Fiorentina like? <laughs> You just hear Michael with that thick and hysterical laugh. I'm not even going to try and replicate it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's yeah, like a it, seagull. It's... <laughs> it's so, so strange. Anyway, can we talk about the Manchester Derby for Yes, because, uh, let me direct this to something you would like. If I am Manchester United and I am looking at that performance, I'm going, hmm, I'm looking forward to playing this lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You've got to look at it and say they've played really well over the last couple of weeks, United, since the return of uh, club football. Uh, they're in the top four, just uh, obviously behind Newcastle by goal difference. A win could propel them up to third. It's looking good times under Ten Hag at the minute. Everyone <laughs> seems to know their roles and what they are required to do. I feel like they're the most involved team behind Arsenal, I want to say. Maybe Newcastle must be just ahead. But United are in a good run. And, yeah. But I also now play devil's advocate because I just remembered the last fixture. Yeah, 6-3. <laughs> but I think that was a game of two halves because if you go back to that first game, in the first half at least, United were dreadful in that. You were 5 you no down. To... <laughs> yeah. 5 no down, no one. You then did see an improvement in the second half, so... Because they didn't give a shit in the second half, fancy. Oh, yeah, but, hey, you've got to play for the full 90 minutes, and I know, you obviously, yeah. United don't didn't for the majority, and City didn't for that, the last 20, 15, 20 minutes or so. So, I think we'll see a much different United in that one than what we did... Uh, back in October. So there's a lot more promising signs. And I think the form of Rashford as well, I think he's going to be quite a handful for Man City's defence. And then the possibility of United having uh, Wout Weghorst available for his debut. Yes. Super <laughs> Yeah, I'm expecting him to come off the bench. Ready for the long balls. <laughs> Honestly, I'm actually excited to see if he can do that and cause... Yeah. When you do think about it, it's nice to have a different approach. Mm-hmm. He comes on and you just lump that ball upfield. Yeah, you get Luke Shaw and Aaron Wampersack just launching you bo- go balls into the box. You go dice Burnley. <laughs> Something yeah. after that. And I, I genuinely think United could get a result going that way. Like It could Imagine. be one of them where it's like 1-1, scrappy, and then 75th minute, Verkhorst comes on. The City defenders are tiring because Pep doesn't make his fucking substitutions, as we always know. Yeah. Well, you want to make five in... subs, Pep, you fucking make the changes then. Yeah, you bring on Veghorst last 15 minutes and he causes absolute problems. You just keep putting balls into the box. He's a lot fresher. And 
he could steal a winner. Yeah, you have to hope. But I also think the game can be won much earlier than that because the way you beat Man City is if you defend very well against them. Because mm, as we're slowly just... beginning to see, they're going back to the old ways. Yeah. Even with um, Erling Haaland on the pitch, it's a bit weird. Yeah. And I think United defensively, obviously we can talk about that Everton FA Cup game from last week. But other than that, United have looked really solid at the back recently. The only thing that's going to haunt Man United is their goalkeeper. <laughs> but even that, I think that was just a one-game thing, and I think he'll De Gea will be back to normal. You hope so, but it's always the big games that he loves to do it. Yeah, but I, for me, I have the confidence in this one that he, he will want to put his foot down and make amends for that mistake last week. And yeah, we'll see him make obviously. some big saves. Mm, it needs to. But I also mm. look at you look at Rashford, Fernandez, Anthony. You quick Kessler, forwards. Right. One thing United I'd notice do very well is counter attack. Yeah. It's when you get that ball into Casemiro, he's immediately looking to play either He's finally his stride now, Casemiro, which is good for yeah. United because they've needed a midfielder like that for so long. <laughs> Since fucking Michael Carrick retired. Yeah. You could always say, like, how refreshing is it not seeing Scott McTominay trying to do that same role and do it terribly? Yeah. Like, I saw something, I don't know whether it was yesterday or the day before when United played. A lot of people, it was a funny tweet, it was like, um, the, everyone was complaining about the Fred partnership. You're now seeing Fred flourish. So you've just shoehorned him into, like, the problem. But, I mean, Fred he's doing was well one of the reasons. Fred was literally the problem that Brazil didn't even get back to like, the semis in the World Cup. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> he's I looked at actually... Fred and thought, yeah, he's better than Douglas Luiz, Bruno Gimerez. Yeah. I mean, Bruno uh, Gimerez, mm, we can all have our debates because we he's actually a really good player. He played uh, four minutes the World Cup, that wasn't on. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, elsewhere, I think he's done quite well at Manchester United. So uh... he has these moments, Fred. It always seems to be when he attacks more than he yeah. sits in and bees the midfield. <laughs> mm. But I think definitely interesting game. I don't know how to call it because obviously City will want to respond for Lumin on from that defeat that's, last night. That's the other side of it. Like Man City have come off the back of something pretty bad. <laughs> they're yeah. going to be up for blood yeah I mean you then look at their next couple of fixtures in the Premier League after us they play Spurs twice and uh, they're licking their lips at that one <laughs> and <laughs> really licking their lips mm. so it's, I wouldn't say it's a necessarily must win for City but, but then you look at where the, how the title race is going right now every game is a must win yeah but I then look at who Arsenal are playing this weekend, and I'm like, well, there's their potential to slip up. Yeah, maybe, but I also look at what I've seen of Spurs. <laughs> yeah. It's one of them where I don't think Arsenal have had their period of losing games yet, where they all dropping points, and you're like, oh, is this like the beginning of the end of their title race? And I don't think City have had a run of games where you're like okay this is where you can see them putting the uh, foot right to the gas and challenging Arsenal right to the final uh, couple of games if not the final day of the season so both teams do really have telling fixtures over the next couple of weeks Arsenal and uh, Manchester City so until they then play each other yes uh, the 15th of February so it's going to be very interesting and United obviously they play both of them uh, with Manchester City being this weekend and then Arsenal on the 22nd. Uh, so United could actually have a big say in uh, that bit of the title race. Are they even going to be in it themselves? Potentially. I, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, obviously I'd love to because it's been way too long since I've seen United uh, win the Premier League. Yeah, As you can say what you it. want about I get it. Uh, your club, but um, yeah, Manchester Derby. I less said about Michael, but 
<laughs> I don't think I could uh, predict a winner in that sense. But yeah. I'm be quietly close. excited. It, well, yeah. I, I think I want it to be close, but then you saw what happened in the last one. Both teams have got to be on it, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good analysis. <laughs> but I, 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 do, I do think United have improved under Ten Hag since oh, then, though. Like, they look night, light and day difference. Night and day between mm. now and what you ever had under Scholzer and Ragnick. Ragnick, yeah. So I'm expecting a much, much more rounded performance and the fact that you're going to have the Old Trafford crowd on you as well, giving you the support. Like, it's going to be a very electrical uh, atmosphere, I think, at Old Trafford. And yeah. I'm very excited for it. Another big derby game we have to look forward to is the conclusion of this weekend's fixtures on Sunday as Tottenham play Arsenal at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium at half past four. What do you expect out of this one? Because I really yeah. don't These ones always tend to be close, but in recent years, especially last season, it was just the oddest experience because the start of the season, the first fixture of the Emirates, Arsenal battered them. 3-1. And then in the second game, the all-important, which of these teams is going to get the top four? Tottenham Spurs ended up battering them. Yeah, winning 3-0. And then you look to the game between them uh, earlier on this season, Arsenal ended up battering them and Spurs just didn't look like offering anything at all. Yeah. And interestingly, if we look at the current states of both teams, my mind would drift towards that happening again yeah i at this minute in time i i just don't know what to expect from spurs game in game out i could tell you one thing that i expect every single spurs game right now they're going to go behind they're not scoring the first goal (laughs) Uh, well i mean apart from palace last time out in the premier league where they won four nil so they yeah but it's awful in the first half yeah it, it's, they don't it's start weird. games well. Like yeah. Teams have to punish them in that first half, unless you're Aston Villa. <laughs> yeah, which is worrying for Spurs because if you're wanting to make up the ground and get into that top four, uh, it, you've got to be you've got to be clinical for the whole ninety minutes. You can't be relying on having to go behind and then come back and try and win games. I think when you're playing against the so-called big six, they won't offer you that chance and. This weekend, coming up against Arsenal, I don't see that being an option for them. It's it can it's only one of two ways for me in this fixture. Spurs go out and look absolutely brilliant and get Which a bit miraculous, and, given recent yeah, performances, and throw the title race wide open. Or Arsenal just trample all over them, and again, you'll be hearing Spurs fans calling for uh, Conte and the board. Yeah, I mean. They lose normally, then it goes to the board. If it's a heavy loss, maybe then the Conte reactions get a bit louder. Yeah. I mean, uh, if Spurs were to lose and then Liverpool uh, were to win, Spurs would still stay in fifth. And then obviously... She's just mad. If... How are they fifth? Yeah. like Everything's happening. It... All these teams below them that are playing great and have looked good all season, and yet Spurs are fifth. Yeah, it's, it's. I feel like once you look outside of the top four, because you'd say they've probably been the four best teams in recent weeks and pretty much a, a good quarter of the of this season, everyone else has had up and down performances. They'll either have three, four game period where they look brilliant and then a three, four period where they look awful. And you're just like, I don't know what to expect from it. I mean, obviously, that's excluding like the bottom four or five teams who have just looked god-awful all season. But I think from Leeds upwards, I don't know where anyone's going to finish. No, I, it still feels too early to think what that mid-table is going to look like or above. It's just odd. It, yeah, what makes it really the Premier League so good? There, there there's my, my sky pitch. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, for me, I've got a feeling that this will be one of them games where it's going to be 
a scrappy occasion, not in terms of like the flying tackles and that, but just how it's going to be played out. I don't know. I think it could be the way Arsenal have, have been as of late. A very physical game against Newcastle. Mm, true. So, but I think you know, it, it could happen. But yeah. I, yeah. I think Arsenal, it's a difficult one. If their attackers are at their best, as they have been, I'm talking Odegaard, Martinelli, Saka, and Eddie and Ketia. Yeah, he's had a resurgence. Where's this come from? Fuck knows. They always said he was going to be... Yeah, a new lease of life for him. It's put all the doubters to bed about, oh, Arsenal, they're going to struggle without Jesus. Fair play, and Ketia's come through. He's only, what, four or five games so far, so... Scored in most of them. Oh, I'm not saying he's mm. like I'm not just. They still need like, like how well he's. They still need like a Mudrick, just for the depth. Yeah, I've seen someone say that like, even if they sign Mudrick, it's not enough. They need way more. It's like guys, what? I do think that is Arsenal's main problem, though. It is their depth of being able to like turn over because obviously you don't want to be playing in Ketia, Saka, Martinelli. I can understand. I think and... the FA Cup showed it best. They were playing Saka and Martelli and that their wide options are a bit slim. Like yeah. Mudrick can also play out wide as well. So maybe they do need a winger. Yeah. Um I do think that is my one thing that Arsenal need is the depth. Because whilst you've got the form of Odegaard and Ketia, Martinelli and Saka looking really well at the minute, again, one or two of them get injured. They've got a good pile of fixtures. They've got Europa League still to play. They've got a FA Cup to play. The league obviously doesn't slow down for them. So it's going to be a, a very interesting period of time for Arsenal. Because whilst they are looking fantastic and title contender worthy and everything, if they get another two injuries and they don't get that strength in this window with Modric and any other players, it could be a long, hard road for them. Fantastic as how they're doing, and I'm not going to write them off at this minute. Uh, uh, at this minute in time, no, I wouldn't either. Last thing I want to add on Arsenal before we move on: Have you seen the stadium design? Yes, that they're having. That's how you improve the Emirates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looks lovely. Genuinely, I think all clubs should have something like that. The way that they've done this, it's absolutely beautiful. Like I will say, I've bringing Villa into this if we've seen the designs for the new north stand how it looks for the outside I'm down yes, for that for the rest of the ground I think it looks pretty nice yeah I genuinely think if clubs had stuff like that then oh, it would look really, really it's very nice. rare nowadays you do actually see like a bad stadium design admittedly mm. yeah I actually it's one of them where I'm like oh you know what I know everyone Actually, said mind, toilet bowl designed for the, the Tottenham one at first, but it's still a lovely stadium. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Should we move on? I don't know if there's any other fixtures you want to speak on. They are the main ones. Uh, I mean, there's still way more. So, yeah, obviously. Actually, that's, that's one I want to. Can we talk Everton Southampton? I mean, we can do, yeah, sure. But relegation six points, anyone? I mean, I feel like calling a relegation 12-pointer. That's how shit they are. And now, this they is... both need the points massively. Yeah, these are two teams. One is having troubles on the pitch. They're just not winning games. League-wise, they're not winning league games. The other one is just a shit show all round. <laughs> yeah, I mean... No matter what some fucking CEO statement is revealed it, it just they use the evidence of your eyes and ears it's a mess oh it's a fucking cesspit of shittery mm. like if you didn't realize we're talking about everton not southampton no but like everton... southampton aren't getting the results everton yeah. just look it's just woeful yeah but of course the easy narrative with southampton i'll get to everton but southampton the easy narrative is now after that man city win does this kickstart their season finally I think it has the potential to and I, I think, think they again, should 
get something this weekend. Okay. After that, oh, yeah. I kind of have to turn up with a performance because what's the point then? Yeah, you can't go back to looking poor and losing this game. Mm. Uh, I know that was a cool competition, but it still knocks you back in terms of confidence. Yeah. Any sort of little victories here, there and everywhere can help on the road to uh, get away from the relegation zone. And I do think a win for them isn't actually out of the question with everything that's going on at Everton and how bad they look at this minute in time. Yes, and Everton fans have said that they will be doing protests as well. Mm-hmm. This comes after that statement from Mashiri, where it would, just to put this in meme form, it's basically the the guy sat in amongst the fire when he, and he's just there saying, this is fine. This, yeah. <laughs> it's all fine. We, we need stability. I know it's all burning around around me, but no, it's okay. Mm. Trust the process. That's all that was missing. Yeah, it was literally just them. Stupid statement. Like, if Christian Perza comes out of that, there would be riots at Villa Park. I think if anyone else came out with them statements... uh, One of your CEOs at United comes out. Yeah, United aren't in a good position right now. You're... All right, you were Chelsea's. Mm. And then they come out with that statement. It's like... Just learn when to speak and when not to speak on stuff because that's a situation where you go, okay, we'll keep Frank Lampard. We take everything into consideration what the fans are feeling. Yes, we know we spent a fuck ton of money over the last couple of windows and everything isn't going the way we want it to at the minute as a club we want to be higher up in the table we acknowledge we are in an f uh, in a relegation fight if nothing's changed over the next four games we'll we'll make a decision on the management and where we go from there to see if there's any hope of rescuing our season yeah i don't lose this video they always say like sometimes fans don't see what goes on behind the scenes well you could gather I mean, I'm just looking, just if we to go off what I've just said based on the next four games. Southampton this weekend, West Ham next. So that again, another relegation six-pointer because of how poor West Ham have been playing. They then travel, uh, they then play host to Arsenal. Then mid-February is the Merseyside derby. Yeah. Like... Where, do we, where do Everton pick up the points? I don't know. There's games where they can if they're on it. We saw we saw them do it against Man City. They've got it in them, but it's it's again this this weird thing that happens. Teams that aren't in the top six are always that they're most confident. And they feel like they have no pressure when they're playing the big six. Mm. And then when they play those around them, that's when they look at the worst. I hate it. Yeah, but for some reason, I just don't feel like that's the same thing with. Uh, Everton though I just feel like they're they'll pick up wins here and there and you're like oh okay they've managed to get this victory or draw here but then there's a lot of the time where I'm just left thinking I, w- I personally would disagree because you draw a man sitting and you get beaten 4-0 by was it Brighton 4-0 4-1 yeah it was 4-1 at the end wasn't it yeah there's a lot in me that goes, I don't see Everton picking up many, if any, points over these next four games. No, they've, they've got to turn it around. That's the only way they're going to do it. Mm. But I had spotted there was another, not a 12-pointer, maybe just missed the six-pointer, but it's Wolves against West Ham as well this weekend, which is interesting, yeah. if you're David Moyes. Yeah, uh I mean, obviously, they managed to get a draw last time out in the league uh, against Leeds United during 2-2. Not enough, really, that. Yeah. I mean, when you look on their season, four wins, three draws and 11 defeats, it isn't looking good at all. Wolves, I think they're still getting used to Lopetegui. Is this his third game or fourth game in charge now? I want to say it's more. Like five. If you can, the League Cup as well. No, I was just counting league games. Yeah, it might be four. Okay, but, so this what I've seen of Wolves, club. personally, I think they 
looked at they looked all right for the most part. Yeah. They've had moments when they've slipped, i.e. the second half against Villa, I thought they let us come on to them. And I'd say the first half against United, they didn't look too good. They looked better in the second half. Uh, but yeah, a lot of their first half wasn't actually that good. So there, there's... Could have been so, in Cup. Oh, 100%. So there's definite improvements being made by Julian Lopetegui's side. So I have a bit more confidence in this type of fixture for Wolves in terms of looking to get the win and progressing up the table uh, a bit more because a victory for them would see them leapfrog uh, West Ham outside of the relegation zone. Another one I want to, it'll be on, Brighton are playing Liverpool. I'm yeah, just going to um, say this, I'm, I'm happy to put my neck on the line with this. Liverpool, if they don't win this, they ain't getting top four. Yeah, I agree. Like, 100% agree. And it ain't going to be an easy one from Brighton aren't the team you ought to be facing when you're desperate for a win now and again. Yeah, especially with how they're playing under De Zerbi at this minute. They look absolutely fantastic. And again, flip back to the reverse fixture earlier on the season, a 3 3 draw. We, yeah, it's they were, not an easy fight. Weren't they for behind for the most of that game, Liverpool, I want to say? I feel like they were, yeah. So. It's one where you've got to find the confidence for it. Do we see Cody Gakpa again? You'd think we would. Yeah, I think we see more minutes from him. I don't know whether it'll be yeah, stars just yet. I didn't see enough of him in that FA Cup from... game. Yeah. But I do think we see more minutes from Gakpo uh, in this one. Yeah. It's going to be very, very... Uh, interest in that one but like you said I do tend to agree I think Liverpool miss out on the top four if they don't pick up victory in this one this is a defence in midfield like they've now lost Van Dijk for a month at least yeah yeah. will the other two do the job you'd, you'd think so by this point like they lose Van Dijk who hasn't been as good this season you go mm. well Canate and Matip should be able to do the job right and then you're like, oh, God, actually, actually, they're not. And how much did they spend on Canata? <laughs> 60, 70 million, was like, it? They did spend a bit, didn't they? I feel like. It's, it's been a fuck ton of money. That, that's not good if you still not solve the Van Dijk issue. No, it really isn't. But, uh, yeah. And even the midfield issue is a big problem. They're not signing Bellingham now in January, no. <laughs> No, they, I think they needed to be more realistic. The cha- the likelihood of Dortmund selling him in January was zero. They never was going to do that. Yeah, that's not how they do business. No. And a win for Brighton would see them leapfrog Liverpool. Yeah, like that's what I, I would stop myself at saying top six. <laughs> but mm. top it, four, it, I it feel don't... like, would be even more difficult given yeah. if they lose this. Oh, 100%. It makes the top four a much, much harder, if not near impossible task. Mm. Right, uh, let's quickly go through the rest of the fixtures. So the weekend gets underway on Friday evening as Aston Villa play Leeds United at Villa Park. We also have on Saturday Nottingham Forest versus Leicester and Brentford versus Bournemouth. And then we have uh, two other games taking place on Sunday. Newcastle playing Fulham. And Chelsea versus Crystal Palace, and they may see a first start for João Felix. Potentially, because I don't know whether he'll be involved in their game tonight. Chelsea could be they many, are many debuts for all we know. Yes, because Chelsea seem to be signing everyone and anyone. Probably just me with this. But why do Chelsea seem to want to make all their signings do like a, a flipping model shoot? <sighs> I feel like that's just a Todd Bowley thing, personally. Like, I know you want to unveil your transfer, but does it have to be like a proper fashion shoot? It's got to be no. on this cool background doing poses. It's like, just fucking announce him in the shirt, just leave it. <laughs> yeah, just in the shirt, holding the flag, uh, holding the scarf. He's not even going to be your player in the summer. <laughs> exactly. You've literally, you're modelling him like he's the next big thing you've got him for. Five you know, to ten I, years. I would not be surprised if we come back at the end of the season and say, what a waste this transfer was. 
Well, it's going to be. They're paying 11 million for someone who they're having until the 30th of June. Obviously, competitive fixtures finish before then. This so, deal only what, made sense months. if he was leaving Atletico and he isn't. He's literally signed a new contract. Yeah, four months paying. He's two, four, 280,000 euros a week contract. Where, what did, apart What's from, the plan? What is Chelsea's transfer plan? I don't get it. It's a I don't mess. Know. They've covered this for what we could just spend as much as we want. And, you know, we could do this. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, you need to have an idea as to what you were going to do with the plays that you were wanting to I always feel sorry for Graham Potter if he ends up suffering from with this. He's getting the boost from fans. Is this more his fault? I, I, I don't know anymore. No, because I, I, I don't know. If this man is the Glazers only he spends money. Crazy money. Like, he's nearly spent. He's an erratic jaw glazer. He's been there, what, 10 months? He's not even been there a year. And he's nearly spent 400 million. That's, that's messed up. That's if you include. How is um, it not? Like, I know there probably isn't an issue there, but is then, how is this not an FFP issue? I have no idea. Are they making that much money? They probably are. Like, that's just how it's happened. Yeah. I don't understand FFB enough to come in with an actual proper answer. I don't get it. I don't get it. No. The whole approach. And if I completely understand Chelsea fans' issues. It's just... So for the next four months of the Premier League season, I'm watching a long-term plan because at this minute, I don't know. Almost from the distance you go, right, So he, in his mind, he thinks the long-term plan is, well, I've got this young English manager in. In time, all these players I'm going to sign for him, he's going to make a team out of them. I trust him to do it. But you need to give him players that he can work with. Mm. I feel like, in a sense, he's trying to... Now, this is an analogy, obviously, you'll understand. But he's trying to do kind of what the LA Rams did last season. Yeah, that is it. That's actually it. Buy, yeah. it. It's literally, we buy fucking everyone possible. Yeah, if you're an NFL fan, you understand this. They bought all the top players and they did get to the Super Bowl in the end. And they, they, they won it in there. Or was that their losing one? No, they won it. No, the, yeah, it was the winning one. But what, are they, what have they done this season? It doesn't work. <laughs> the, that's the right different sport. It doesn't work the same way. Yeah. It, it's, they've tried to build an ultimate roster. If you want a basketball reference, um, the what Nets. the Brooklyn Nets have done over <laughs> the last couple the of years. Yes, they've got good. And they failed. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't work trying to build a super roster. Even the Lakers tried it and it worked for a season. Yeah. It's just... But is that really them winning that or is that just the bubble? LeBron. <laughs> it's just LeBron. Yeah. So for me, Chelsea's problem is they don't have a LeBron. Well, I mean, they have the LeBron James of soccer. He's also they might, now. Actually, they do. Have <laughs> but he's fucking injured. So <laughs> they don't have him. That's why. It's just all going to shit. It's been staring us in the face all along. Yeah. They are becoming the LA Lakers. They are a team full of Russell Westbrook. He's done really well, actually, over the last couple of months. More like Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly has been shit. <laughs> oh, well. But, yeah. Um, so many NBA of... references that many people might not understand. Mm. They do have a lot of uh, problems, though, at this minute. And I don't think it can all solely be down to the manager. Maybe they are all Chelsea, then. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, let's have a look at some of the European fixtures this weekend because we do have a lot of good fixtures to look forward to. Starting off over in Italy, Friday evening. What a way to start your weekend. Napoli versus Juventus. First oh. versus second in Syria. Mm. Juventus have come from out of nowhere a little bit. I think they've won about eight or nine games in a row. And that's why they they're just on a, really they're on a, a very impressive run. Yeah, they they do this before. Like they started terribly, and then it all suddenly came together, and they won the league. Yeah, it was three, four years back, I think. I want to say now. 
Yeah, they've won eight games in a row now in the league. There was to be something happening behind the scenes that could eventually derail all of that. What? No. (laughs) I didn't know that. With Juventus, something going on behind the scenes. Because what has been happening in the time that we went on our break between the World Cup and our comeback? A fuck ton of everything. Just see, <laughs> the fire was lit and everything just went down. Mm-hmm. The board's gone. Yeah. And then there's all stuff allegedly like investigations that could they could get punished for over similar to what it was like a decade ago more than that yeah like are they get are they gonna be in series c again <laughs> at this minute it's two i don't know i've not seen enough on it admittedly i've no. not properly dug into it so who knows it, it's funnier if they do win the league yeah it is they should just then be forced to forfeit it to napoli because i know these two are a bit there is a very ferocious rivalry with these two. Yeah, it does always seem to be the way with the uh, fans of both sides, and whenever they play each other, it's a bit of a throw throw together, if that's even a sentence. It's not. <laughs> no. uh, but it's going to be a very, very interesting game. Like you say, Juve won their last eight games, Napoli. Still the team to beat in uh, the league, obviously, of finally losing their first game this season when they lost to Inter Milan uh, on the fourth, but they managed to bounce back with a 2-0 victory over Sampdoria. So that is definitely a game to watch there. We do have another interesting game taking place in uh, the Italian league this weekend, and it's uh, the Sunday evening feature between Roma and Fiorentina, 7th versus ninth. I feel like it feels like such a historical game. On paper, it may not look it much now. I was going to yeah. say, like, when you said they were seven for nine, I was going, is it that important? Joe's <laughs> they coming for the Conference League again. Uh, victory can send them up to level on points with Inter Milan if Inter were to lose this weekend, which would be they'd be outside of fourth on goal difference. So, victory can help propel them up the table a bit. Yeah, maybe knows. It could happen. Yeah. Uh, over in Germany this weekend, again, another tasty Friday evening game as RB Leipzig take on Bayern Munich first versus third. It should be all right. I mean, Bayern. Bayern are Bayern. <laughs> yeah, obviously. And Leipzig haven't lost all their players. Yet. I think um, what's going to be interesting, obviously... The uh, Bayern don't have Manuel Neuer for the rest of the season after he was involved yes. in a stupid skiing accident over oh, Christmas. Hilarious. Because... <laughs> I'm not ready. That's what you do over your Christmas break when you're not in the World Cup. Yes, you go for I think you'll find that's exactly what he did. Like, that just Christmas break. You're fucking Egypt. Um, so, yeah, they obviously haven't been able to bring in a replacement keeper as of yet. Um, so, that's going to be interesting. Obviously, we would expect uh, Sven Ulrich. summer. I think that's what I saw on the game linked with. Is it Noble who went somewhere? I think he went Monaco. Isn't isn't he Noble actually their keeper though? And they just haven't got a recall. They might have loaned him. They loaned him in there. Yeah, I feel like that was. Did they call him then? (laughs) I don't think they've got that in their contract though. That's the whole thing, really. That you need them, just you could call them back. You've got to insert it in the. uh, I think if you don't, like that's on you. Yeah. Um, Just stay away from Emmy Martins. Yes. Uh, a potential debut for Daily Blind as well. I think that was possibly the strange transfer of this window. Yeah. So far, why did Inter go for him? It just it, so his contract with Ajax was terminated early, and now he's ended up at Bayern Munich. Why? <laughs> why did they terminate his contract? Is it because he went ten years over the youth policy? <laughs> Oh, Sorry, Daily. Daily, you're about five years over our average age expectancy, so we need to let you go. Yeah. It's, it's such a weird signing. What do you mean? It's his 32nd birthday. Why is he still here? Mm. Uh, do we know if Marnay's back yet? Joe, I've no idea. I feel like it's been so quiet on that front that he's probably fine. 
Yeah, because I, I was going to say, I don't think I've heard anything. I tried to get feet for the, the first World Cup game with Senegal, so I would say yes. Yeah. Although I've just seen a report now coming out from uh, Nagelsmann said in his press conference he could be uh, ready to face PSG in the Champions League. So uh, he's not ready just yet. Nobody will be ready to go against the better side. Yes. So that's going to be uh, a bit of a wait now for him. Uh, elsewhere in the Bundesliga, Dortmund travel to uh, play host to Augsburg on Sunday afternoon, whilst Borussia Mönchengladbach play by Leverkusen. Uh, the top besides so Real Madrid and Barcelona aren't in uh, La Liga action this weekend as they are over in Saudi Arabia playing in the Copa del Rey. I still uh, so... I, I say I still don't get this one, but of course I do. It's called sports washing. Do your yeah. research on it because it's coming. Yes. Uh, oh, it's already here. Some... I don't know why I'm saying it's coming. It's, it's here. It's been here for years. Yes. Uh, other games, to, we actually do have some La Liga games though. Real Sociedad play Athletic Bilbao. And Atletico Madrid travel to Almeria uh, on Sunday. A strange one with them going for uh, Memphis Depay, though, in the transfer rumours that they're trying to sign him. You're on about Atletico, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, that's, yes, that's so Atletico, what are you talking about? <laughs> it is, but at the same time, like, why? Barcelona striker available. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> hey, come Atletico. Yeah. yeah, that is true. Uh, so I shouldn't be too surprised. And finally, over in France this weekend, uh, PSG, they travel to Rennes on Sunday. Uh, second place, Lens, they play host to Auxerre on Saturday afternoon. And Marseille play Lorient, whilst Lyon play host to Strasbourg. So they are our weekend fixtures in four in the uh, European leagues. And I'm actually excited for uh, club football this weekend after having the FA Cup here in England last weekend. Yeah, it should be a good round. And look, the FA Cup, who needs it? <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying that for years and I finally got you to switch sides. All it took was seven years in a row of losing in the third round. <laughs> and you finally came to your senses. Yeah, until next year when it's our year. <laughs> Clip that up and save this for a year. I just find it win. funny, and I never said this at the time. Un Emery is known as the cup expert, and yet his only losses, except for the Liverpool and the league, have been in cup competitions. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work in England, then, does it? No, he, he doesn't have the same uh, magic as he did with Sevilla, basically. Is this just the <laughs> For God's sake, that is awful. Um, any more news you want to talk about before? I don't end? know. Do you want to talk transfer rumours? I mean, I feel like we've kind of talked about some of them. So obviously, Jao Felix been confirmed. Valt Veghorst looks done. That's exactly. sign. Yeah, that's happening. Uh, Alex Moreno was it? Alex Villa Moreno, signed? yes, was confirmed. And one of the players, well, we're being linked with one, but I'm convinced we're linked with another one as well that we weren't named in. Okay. We, we should talk. We could maybe say a word on the one that we are linked with, because bring me man, bring me Matteo Guendouzi. <laughs> yeah, I think he could be a good player for Villa. I think they do need some better quality in that midfield position. Again, though, when we were speaking online the other day, the fact he's only twenty three. Jesus I Christ! That's why. Like, do you know what? I'll take that. I wouldn't be banging over the odds for him. No, I mean, worry could happen, but. Reportedly, uh, Marseille want 50 million euros for him. I don't yeah, think yeah. he's worth that, personally. <laughs> yeah. I think the last thing I saw is they're going to try and work a deal where it's 30 million with add-ons. Yeah, I think that's probably more feasible. Mm. Um, like I the, reason the, I, the reason I would take him is because he apparently is what I've been saying probably since the inception of this podcast for two years, Aston Villa lack bastards. Yeah. We need an arsehole. 
<laughs> you need an asshole to find your soul. Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, anyway, some other transfer stuff. So Arsenal continuously being linked with Mudrik of uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. It doesn't seem to be going anywhere at this minute in time. Uh, uh, Enzo Fernandez staying at Benfica. That, yeah, that's not. There's no links. Yeah, uh, and the way he celebrated the other night, practically saying, "Look, I'm staying here now." Uh, any other transfer rumours or stuff you that's caught your eye? Because I don't think there's been much that's caught my eye recently over the last few days. I'd seen this is again. I'm bringing Villa into this shock. Uh, Arno Dan Juma of Villarreal, formerly of Bournemouth when he had that good season and he was also in the Champions League team of the season. Yeah, last I heard as well. a lot. Yeah, I had heard that. Everton uh, were the team few, named. Few teams. Yeah, Everton. A few teams. Look, I'm convinced we're in it. We've got to be in it. I mean, and I want him. I mean, it would make sense. Worked with uh, Emery at Villarreal, so it wouldn't surprise us at all if Villa do make a move for him. Right, that is everything. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to look back at all the weekend's action. Hopefully, both teams celebrating victories this weekend. Well, weekend could be ruined completely. <laughs> yes. But in the meantime, make sure you're subscribed to us wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that be Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else, and that you follow us on Twitter. Uh, where we are going to continue to grow our platform there and that you are following us and are subscribed to our YouTube channel as well, where this podcast will be uploaded to. And until then, we'll see you next time.